Sales Tuners, Episode 106, Lucy McCollum, Senior Advisor at NFP. It's so much better when I bring more of my personality into uh, my meetings because people are much more at ease and people are more willing to connect and move forward with future conversations. This is Sales Tuners with Jim Brown, the only weekly show where we talk about the attitude, action, and ability that gets sales reps and entrepreneurs to grow their revenue from $1 million to more than $10 million in just two years. It's time. It's time. It's sales tuners time. I'm Jim Brown, your host, and our weekly inspiration comes from Bill Bradley, who said, ambition is the path to success. Persistence is the vehicle you arrive in. My guest today is Lucy McCollum, senior advisor at NFP, a leading insurance and employee benefits broker. As a former lacrosse player at UMass, Lucy has spent the last 10 years winning every possible sales award in her industry, reviewing more than $250 million in pipeline during that time. In this conversation, you're going to hear Lucy talk a lot about her approach to prospecting when nearly everyone she reaches out to already has a competitive solution in place. As you listen to this week's episode, I'm spending my last week in Kiev, Ukraine before heading off to Venice, Italy. I've made some great connections so far on this journey, thanks to listeners reaching out. So if you know anyone in or near Venice, please let me know and hopefully we can get connected. All right, make sure you stick around until the end where I'll give my recap and top takeaways. You can also check out all the links and show notes at salestuner.com slash 106. But now let's get to the conversation where Lucy talks about the fun she had in her summer job driving the Red Bull Mini Cooper car around Boston. My first real job, which was a uh, uh, working for Red Bull, the energy drink. And I always like to toss that out there because it makes me seem immediately cool off the bat. <laughs> And, uh, and so I would say that's probably the, the first thing going there was uh, my time at Red Bull. Um, I was a student brand manager at UMass. So they actually had me um, talking to different groups on campus, you know, whether it was the, um, the chess club or the gamers or the, the soccer guys. And I would kind of tote the, the cans around campus. And I liked the job so much that I asked how I could kind of stick around in the summer. And um, they ended up letting me drive the the Mini Cooper with the huge can around Boston in the summer, which was just wicked fun. <laughs> that's super cool. I was going to ask if you got to drive the car with the can on it. So that's it. So was that was that also just loaded with Red Bulls, cold Red Bulls ready to go? Cold Red Bulls ready to go right in the back. There was a cooler. And I mean, so there was always two of us on at a time uh, because we could only fit two people in the car. And we would just we would just be throttling down Red Bull. And <laughs> when they say it gives you wings, it is true because we <laughs> that car around Boston, just handing out Red Bulls. And it was a lot of, a lot of fun. Lucy, in this show, we talk about the attitude, action and ability that has led to your success. And I want to understand what NFP is and, and why does a typical customer buy from you today? So NFP is uh, basically a, a consulting firm that works with businesses on their different insurance risk. So whether it be health and welfare or commercial liability, uh, 401k solutions, HR consulting. We're really looking to work with clients to best set their strategy for providing the best benefit plan out there to uh, help employees and to try and keep costs in line and 
uh, mitigate risk overall. Gotcha. Now you haven't always been the person you are today. So take me way back, you know, after the Red Bull Mini Cooper car, how did you actually get into sales? Uh, so I think I've always kind of had, you know, the, the, the drive that was maybe sales and sort of marketing based in my experience with Red Bull. I certainly was, had no problem going up to different groups of people and, and trying to talk to them and, and making people feel comfortable. And I thought maybe that would be sort of a, a skill that would be useful for, for my career in sales. And uh, so when I, I was graduating from UMass, I decided to um, just apply for certain sales and marketing jobs. And uh, ING, which is now Voya, um, ING was at the business school and they were uh, holding interviews. So I went ahead and decided to check it out. And I did this whole you know research process the night before on ING and the bank and all this sort of stuff. So I, I went in completely ill prepared to my interview the next day. And I said, you know, tell me what you know about ING. And I started talking about how I really was into banking and all this kind of stuff. And he let me go on for like 10 minutes before he was like, well, um, that's not what this is. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, this is for the, uh, the employee benefits role. And, um, you know, I kind of just I must have turned like 10 shades of red and figured, okay, I'll let myself out. But he kept me around and uh, I sort of went through the next couple of uh, steps through the interview process and just really, really liked the company very much and what they had to offer and went out to Minneapolis the summer I graduated from school for a, uh, a sales intensive training program and uh, was there for about three years after school. Now, the... Uh, so you liked the company, but the insurance industry is not one that most people grow up clamoring to get into. Help me understand what you know, motivated you to to be okay with that or to go into that that's, that field. Yeah, it's funny um, because a lot of the people that I do uh, meet or work with in the insurance industry, we all kind of you know joke that <laughs> that no one is really looking to grow up and be selling insurance, but uh, it really isn't awesome industry. There's so many great people um, and, and great job opportunities um, to work with. My family, actually, my grandfather started a, uh, a property and casualty insurance business, Wooden Associates, shout out, <laughs> back in the day. And now my uncles and my mother work there. And so I especially was like, oh, no, 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 I won't be doing insurance. No way. And you know, now the, the butt of the joke is obviously that I've been in the insurance industry for about 10 years and um, I haven't seemed to look back. It keeps pulling me in. So yeah, I want you to correct, you know, some of my ignorance. It seems like everybody who needs employee benefits or insurance has it. How do you go out and open up new opportunities with prospects today? Well, that's it, right? So that's really the challenge, um, you know, in this role is that so many, um, so many of the teams and the clients that that have insurance have relationships. And so a lot of times it is trying to, you know, find sort of what their, maybe what kind of, you know, pain they have or what's going wrong with their, their current relationship and trying to sort of disrupt that a little bit. And that can be challenging because, you know, nine times out of 10, when you're talking to a prospect, they're like, no, I actually, yeah, I have a, I have a broker. I'm good. So that's sort of always the initial hand in your face, I guess. And it's about trying to say totally understandable, you know, I'm sure they do a great job, but 
um, would love to come chat with you to see, um, you know, if there's any areas of interest that I could offer um, that might not be working right now, or just even to act as a, a resource for them if they do have any questions, or if, um, you know, they've got some kind of, uh, there's a new legislative compliance update that's coming out, you know, I'll send that over and say, hey, just want to make sure you've heard of this. And sometimes, you know, they haven't heard of it. And that's a perfect way for me to sort of get my foot in the door and, and start a conversation. So how receptive are they to that, Lucy, after they've told you, you know, I've got a broker, they kind of give you the stiff arm uh, to to that follow up. How receptive are they? It definitely it definitely takes some time because, again, I think that they have to have um, maybe some some issue where they 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 didn't know about the update or they, they you know, they had a, a, an increase at their renewal or something of that nature. So a lot of times if they're, if things are kind of good and status quo and they don't feel like they need to um, look under the hood, then they're, they're feeling like, no, thank you. I'm fine. But I think that if you can try and bring topics to, to them in a persistent way, that's not um, overstepping any bounds then um, after, you know, so many follow-ups, you hope to be the resource that's there when they do say, oh man, we've had another increase at our medical renewal. Let's, let's see if we give Lucy a call and see if she'll take a look at, at what's going on here with us. What do you think that threshold is of, of persistence without annoyance or, or, you know, you said without overstepping the bounds? Yeah, that's the million dollar question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like to call myself pleasantly persistent. <laughs> That being said, you know, I, I have a um, sort of a organizational tools that I use to try and track uh, my follow up with folks. You know, when I first when I first started in sales, I would just kind of bang down doors and call on people and, and say, hey, how you doing? And just kind of follow up. And it wasn't I didn't realize that maybe I had just called that person last week or, you know, that I hadn't sent an email in a couple of months. So I found that it's much better. There's a much better way to um, go about being pleasantly persistent when you are organized and aware of tracking your prospects. It seems like, uh, Lucy, that you know a ton of emails, a ton of phone calls, not uh, necessarily being organized, as, as you kind of said, it's not going to yield the best results. So what are you doing? How are you kind of honing the way you work today? I think that, you know, when I did start in this role with NFP, I was just kind of blasting the phones and, and just trying to cold call and trying to, you know, send those email campaigns and really go at, go at it as in a fast and furious manner. And um, it's been much better for me to try and really utilize the network that I have that wants to see me be successful and wants to help and wants to make introductions because you know, I found that people really do want to help and they, they want to connect. And maybe it is more prevalent too in a, a city like Boston. But uh, I feel as though, you know, I grew up here north of uh, north of the city. I, I have a pretty big family and I've got, you know, a lot of different folks that I can reach out to to say, hey, oh, do you know so-and-so? Would you just mind um, making the introduction or asking if they'd grab a coffee with me at some point? And people are more than happy to do that. And once, you know, the prospect that I'm trying to track down knows that, you know, I know so-and-so, oh, of course, sure. I'd be happy to chat with her. So there's been a much better result for me trying to work a little bit smarter in that regard. Is your outreach really that simple? Just, hey, would you mind connecting me? Or, hey, would you uh, have them give me a coffee? Or is there any more to that? 
I think that for the folks that um, I'm using in within my network, they're really relying on that referral. So it has been as simple as that. Whereas there's uh, maybe someone that is not as connected or not as close with a, a referral. It, t- it definitely takes more time and more persistence and more uh, education. There's a lot of different, um, you know, compliance updates and um, summits, seminars that we hold at NFP that I do love to get people uh, invited to. And so that's another great way to show that, you know, we really are smart with what we do within our industry. And we'd love to have people involved, you know, see how innovative and how smart we can be. I'm starting to see a lot more of that, those those local events, the seminars, if you will, to be that uh, thing that you're, you're reaching out and inviting them to without necessarily selling them immediately on the initial outreach. How are those converting for you? Those are, are doing much better. I don't think anyone really wants to necessarily be sold to these days, right? So people feel like if you're trying to sell them, they're, you know, the guard goes right up. And I think especially whereas we have, you know, the culture we do in terms of technology and people being able to, you know, research what they want when they want it, if they do have a question, people sort of feel like they're already somewhat educated on what they, they're looking for. So um, I think that a lot of times when you go in with the hard sell or you go in right away to, to talk to them about, hey, what are you doing for your benefits programs? People are like, no, 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 we're all set. We have a relationship. It's that immediate wall that goes up and you can actually sense it in people. And, you know, definitely in my past, I had seen it before. Cause I, like I said, just running up there trying to hustle and scrape anything my way. But I found that providing education, letting people know you're thinking of them, wanting to invite them to, to these seminars and summits to really help them get more knowledge on different topics within the, in the industry is a much better way to build that relationship and go about mining your network and, and keeping people front of mind. I completely agree with what you were uh, starting to say. Is like nobody wants to be sold to anymore, but people definitely want to buy. Uh, but they want to buy when they feel that comfort, that that trust, uh, that connection or education that you talked about. Lucy, I mean, I'm, I'm picking up some themes here, but what do you think separates you uh, most from other salespeople in the industry? You know, I think that we're all, especially like I mentioned in the insurance industry, there's a lot of great people that are out there talking about all the different informational topics that that we have available. I think it really is your willingness to connect with someone in your own personality. And I found more and more that everyone is is different in the way that they want to build a relationship and make a relationship. There are a lot more women that are in the C-suite and that are out there in these sales roles. And I think that it's a great time to be a woman in sales because there's a lot of opportunity in terms of having that connection and and making that connection with other women that are in the decision-making seat. So flipping the script to the other side of that, when you see uh, other sales reps out there, what do you think the biggest, uh, what do you think is the biggest thing that that holds them back from, uh, from seeking their true success? I think that when people aren't genuinely themselves and they're trying to sort of spit the company line or, or maybe um, be you know really buttoned up and professional or a little bit sterile, it can it can hold people back because I think that it's pretty uh, it's pretty obvious when you're not being your genuine self. And from my perspective, I got that advice early on that it's so much better when I bring more of my personality into 
uh, my meetings because people are much more at ease and people are more willing to connect and move forward with uh, future conversations. Speaking of being your true self and, and talking about your personality, you recently made a, a pretty significant career change coming from a large corporation uh, to where you are today. Talk to me about what the catalyst was behind that or, or how did you get there? I was, uh, after my, my time at ING, I did make the move to uh, Cigna, which was an awesome move, um, really a great company and loved my time there. I was there about seven years and just the resources, the people that I worked with, the, the relationships that I had were awesome, right? I mean, it was, uh, it was a great, great spot. And I found myself, you know, towards the end, feeling a little bit complacent uh, in a certain way. I felt like I sort of was, was maybe going through the steps at a certain point because I, I had done it for, you know, what felt like a long time. And I ended up, you know, getting pregnant and I, I had uh, my son, Henry, and I just, I felt like it was kind of, I came back from maternity leave and felt like it was now or never to, to make the change. Um, and a lot of people thought that was a little bit, uh, a little bit much. And I definitely had some eyebrow raises when I was making the transition, but to me, it was a no brainer. I was, I was so excited to try my, try myself in the consulting world, working directly with clients. And even though, you know, work-life balance is, you know, something that needs to be, needs to, I need to deal with much like obviously everyone else does. I'm really happy with, with the change because it's a whole new challenge and it's just, it's a wonderful uh, organization. And I have a lot of uh, people here that are also very supportive and, um, and really want to see me do well. So the change was definitely, uh, I guess risky, and I was a little bit scared, sort of like, wait, what am I doing? But uh, but I'm so glad that I that I went through with it. Sure. Do Do you believe that it really was now or never? That's kind of what I told myself. <laughs> sure. It was. It was sort of like if I if I stick around, I might sort of find another reason to keep sticking around, you know, because then Henry would have gotten older and it would have been like, oh, well, you know, it's, I know what I'm doing. And my, my schedule is really, is really, um, one that I understand, you know, who, who I need to call when and what needs to happen so I can spend more time with him. And I, I just could see myself making up excuses not to do it. So it was sort of like, you know, just, just jump and, and, and let's go for it now. Lucy, I'm going to take a quick break so that I can say thank you to my sponsors. When we come back, it's going to be time for the money round. So you don't go away and sales tuners, you don't go away either. We'll be right back. Costello is pioneering the way companies build and execute sales playbooks. The platform helps sales reps prepare for calls, ask timely questions, tell relevant stories, and sync insights back to their CRM, all while showing managers and reps the gaps in every single deal so they can work them together to move them forward. With Costello, sales leaders can identify what's working on the front line and replicate success across their entire team. Learn more and see a demo at andcostello.com. That's A-N-D-C-O-S-T-E-L-L-O.com. We're back and it's time for the money round. Lucy, are you ready for the money round? Let's do it. What's the one thing that has contributed most to your transformation from normal to exceptional? I would say would have to be reading more. Um, I'd say that adding 
you know, 20 to 30 minutes uh, daily of reading has really helped me just get better, get better speech down, chat with folks a little bit easier, have topics. Um, I know with a young child, it can be difficult to find the time. So certainly a lot of audiobooks that come into play, but uh, I'd have to say that taking it to the next level has been um, getting my, my reading game up. If you were to start over today in sales, what would you tell yourself to spend the next 30 days doing? I would say handwritten letters to all of the uh, past clients that I had worked with, um, with an update on the, the, uh, the new phase. Two-part question for you here. Which phrase describes you best and why? I love to win or I hate to lose? Okay. I would have to say that I hate to lose describes me best. I am a sore loser and I feel as though winning should just be the norm. And when I I lose, I get, I'm just, I'm really not a good loser. What's a book that you've read multiple times or always find yourself recommending to others? I would say that uh, the book that I go back to most times is The Challenger Sale. I find myself picking up something new from it each time I, I go through it. Even if I don't read it in full, I'll, I'll sort of pick it up and find, uh, find something that I think I can take with me that day or you know that week. Sales Tuners, if you'd like to check out Lucy's suggestion of the Challenger Sale for free, head on over to salestuners.com slash book. There you can sign up for a free 30-day trial of Audible and browse their over 150,000 titles. Again, that's salestuners.com slash book for one of the most recommended books we have, the Challenger Sale. Lucy, what is currently at the top of your bucket list? Top of my bucket list would have to be going to Europe. I have never been and... Um, my husband and I keep making this plan to go and, and work or that kid that we have gets in the way. And it's like, come on, we've got to find um, one week where we can get out there and do uh, European vacation. What's the biggest piece of advice you have for all the sales tuners out there grinding today? It's all about your mindset and it's all about staying positive. It is so easy to get negative with with a sales role you know there's so much rejection and there's so much uphill struggle in terms of trying to break relationships trying to get people to talk to you trying to get an in-person meeting with all the different email and text flying around you have really got to you know keep your mind in a positive space try to you know get outside exercise and just really that positive mindset is a big thing and uh, I felt that a lot of times it's served me well to try and say let that go let's move on to the next best thing and uh, let's keep it moving LinkedIn is the best way to connect with Lucy and while I always recommend a personalized invitation make sure you have a genuine message if you reach out and who knows Maybe you will become one of her go-to resources in the future. Let's get to my top takeaways. Number one, act as a resource. With more information than ever readily available for prospects, we need to become good stewards of context. What are your prospects likely not thinking about? What are the real challenges they should be worried about? Figure out how to be ahead of their search patterns and provide them real-time resources. This could be upcoming changes in the industry. It could be potentially competitive information, or it could just be research you've done into the problems facing people in similar roles. Number two, have a bias toward action. From timing to resources or even fear, there will always be reasons you can use to talk yourself out of doing something. Nike may have been the first to say it, but I'm here to repeat it. Just do it. 
There is nothing wrong with being prepared, but when it starts to hold you back from advancement, that's when I have an issue. I've read a lot about Jeff Bezos' regret minimization theory, where he talks about the concept of looking forward 10 years and thinking about which decision he will regret if he fails to act and then choosing that path. Number three, read. Yep, simple, I know. You've heard me offer free books from Audible. You've heard me offer free book summaries from Read It For Me. But something Lucy said in our conversation today really stood out. She said reading helped her get better speech down, as well as have topics to open conversations with people. I had honestly never thought about it that way. I already read a ton, but I'm going to start being intentional about capturing the ideas of the books I read and find ways to share them naturally with prospects and clients. That's it. Those are my takeaways, but I'd love to hear yours. Please tweet at me at SalesTuners or shoot me an email, jim at SalesTuners.com. I reply to every message that I get. All right. I hope to see you next week. Until then, I'm Jim Brown. Let's make it rain. Thank you for listening to Sales Tuners. Stay up to date at www.salestuners.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. And they stay there.